The Word of God I would lay on your hearts this Mission Festival Sunday comes to us from the Gospel of John, chapter 7, verses 37 and 38. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. So far, God's holy word. Grace, mercy, and peace are yours through God our Father and through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And greetings to each one of you from your brothers and sisters in Christ down at Emmanuel Lutheran Church in Mankato, Minnesota. Last night, I grabbed this rock out of my in-laws landscaping. I want to ask the children here today, as you look at this rock, is there any possible way that I could get water out of this rock? What do you think? What if I rub it really hard? Can I get water to come out of it? No. What if I squeeze it as hard as I can? Can I get water out of it? No. What if I smash it into a million pieces? Can I get water out of this rock? No. You kids are pretty smart here, I can tell that. You must be going to school. Water is essential for life. But this rock is dead. Dead as a doornail. No matter what you do, no matter how hard you try, there's no way you can get water out of this rock. You can't, I can't. But there's someone who can 3,450 years ago, as the children of Israel made their way from Egypt to Mount Sinai, we read God telling Moses, Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock in Horeb, and you shall strike the rock, and water will come out of it, that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. You see, God has the power to bring water out of a rock. And not just a little water and not just a little rock either. Enough water for two million people and all their animals, all their livestock as well. What an amazing event, bringing living water out of a dead rock. So amazing was this event, in fact, that it was memorialized by the Jewish people in connection with an annual festival known as the Feast of Tabernacles, or sometimes it's called the Feast of Booths. This was an annual feast that God commanded the children of Israel to celebrate every year. And it's right around this time of year, actually just two days ago, it ended. Orthodox Judaism still celebrates this Feast of Booths. And this feast was to commemorate God's providential care for the children of Israel during those 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. You know that word tabernacle or booth, it really just means tent, and so the Feast of Tents, or the Feast of Tabernacles, is remembering that for 40 years, this nation of people lived in tents. They were camping in the wilderness, and yet that whole time, God provided for them. Gave them what they needed. Their daily bread and manna. He gave them water out of a rock. He gave them quail. He made it so their shoes and their clothes didn't wear out. The whole time, God provided for them. And so he says, we're going to spend time every year remembering God's providential care for them. 
This was one of the seven annual feasts that the Jewish people were to celebrate, and one of the three pilgrimage feasts in which the Israelites would return to Jerusalem to worship God there at the temple. And as a part of this annual feast, on the last day, or sometimes called the great day of the feast, the priests would go out to the pool of Siloam, which was a place where they'd gather water there in Jerusalem, and they would take that water back to the altar in the temple. And through this ceremony, they would remember how God gave them water out of a rock. They would chant together Psalm 118, verse 25, which says, Save, I pray, O Lord. O Lord, I pray, send now prosperity. And they would make seven trips around the altar with this water that they had gathered. This is the great day of the feast that is mentioned in our text. And this helps us as we understand exactly what Jesus means when he calls out in the middle of this feast, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And so we pray that the Holy Spirit would bless our study today as we consider the theme, water in, water out. You see, Jesus provides life-giving water to our thirsty souls, and then he calls us to share that life-giving water with others. The world today is a very different place than it was when our Savior Jesus walked the earth in many, many ways, but I think one of the biggest differences between today and 2023 is that we really don't think too much about how much ready access we have to clean, potable water. It wasn't very long ago, in the course of human history, that gathering and collecting water for you and for your family's daily use was something that took careful planning and hard work. My grandmother, who's still living, grew up on an Indian reservation in Nebraska, and she'll tell you all about how every day they had to go out to the well outside and they'd drop a bucket down in the well and have to bring that bucket back up for their daily use of water. That experience of having to go out and get water is much more standard to the course of human history than what we're used to today. For thousands of years, water, which is essential to life, was much harder to get than it is for us today. Today we hardly even think about it, do we? Sure, plenty of us make sure that we drink enough water every day, and maybe you can think of some of those cute water bottles people carry that Encourage them to drink a lot of water every day. But nobody here was worried if they were going to have water to drink today. Nobody was concerned if they turned the sink on, if the water was going to work or not. That water is there. It's available. It always has been, and it always will be. Maybe. So in order for us to truly understand what Jesus is saying in our text, we need to remember two things. First, Jesus is speaking on that great day of this festival, of the Feast of the Tabernacle. And they were remembering God's providential care in the wandering in the wilderness, and especially this key event when water came out of the rock. And at this time, the time of Christ, they took water much less for granted than we do today. Very, very easily, droughts could arise, crops, animals, and even people could die from a lack of water. And so it's right in the middle of all this, in the midst of all this context, that Jesus makes this bold proclamation If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. This must have been very striking to the crowds 
as they were listening to the priests, giving thanks to God, as they were watching them bring the water round and round the altar, it must have been borderline blasphemy to the priests and to the Jewish leaders. After all, this is the day commemorating God, commemorating him and what he did for us and the children of Israel in the wilderness. He's the one who gave us the water. And yet Jesus isn't saying, go to the priests, go to the altar, go to the temple. He's saying, come to me. Now Jesus obviously here can't mean he's going to provide for their physical thirst. He's not talking about physical water. Earlier in John chapter 4, he told the woman at the well in Samaria, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. No, the water that Jesus is talking about is not physical water. It's spiritual water. The water that Jesus gives does not quench physical thirst. Rather, it quenches their thirsty souls. Which then begs the question, what is a thirsty soul? Well, King David cried out to God while he was running around in the wilderness, running from King Saul. In Psalm 63, he says, O God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. And another psalm, David says, I spread out my hands to you. My soul longs for you like a thirsty land. What Holy Scripture teaches us is that by nature, each one of our hearts is like a cold, dead, dry rock. We are by nature deserts until water comes in, until Jesus comes in, until we are given that life-giving water from Jesus' holy word. We're told in Romans chapter 10, so then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. When we gather together and hear Jesus' saving word, we are receiving that life-giving water that quenches our thirsty souls. This is why we come back to church again and again and again, is because we need to hear again this water of life that tells us exactly what we need. Paul explains in Ephesians, God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You see, your dead heart is no longer dead. You've been given life and peace through the blood of Jesus Christ and his sacrifice on the cross, through that word that has come into your heart, you are now alive in Jesus. You who once were lost have been found. You were blind and now you see. You were dead and now you're alive. And here's the most amazing thing. We who were once dead rocks now have the ability to share this living water with others. I didn't know that the adult choir was going to be singing this hymn today, but as you did... The words in the second verse struck me as so fitting to our text today. On the second half of the second verse, it says, I will break their hearts of stone and give them hearts for love alone. I will speak my word to them whom I shall send. I don't think it's a coincidence that your choir director picked that hymn to sing today, and I just happened to pick six texts today. Isn't it amazing how God works those things for a cohesive message together? Because more amazing than the fact 
that God caused water to come out of a dead rock 3,450 years ago. More amazing than that miracle is the fact that your heart is now alive in Christ and that from out of your heart can now come rivers of living water. Paul explains this in 2 Corinthians 5. He says, All things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. You see, you, dear friend, on this Mission Festival Sunday, are the perfect ambassador for Christ. You are the perfect tool for him to use. Why? Is it because you have so much Bible knowledge? Is it because you're so smart and logical? No. It's because you were once a dead rock and now you're alive in Christ. You know what he's done for you. You've experienced it. And that experience is so important. If you were going to go on an adventure through the Amazon jungle tomorrow, I would encourage you to hire someone who has experience doing that thing. Because they're experienced. They know what they're doing. They've been through this place before. You have been through the jungle of sin. You have experienced what it means to be dead and now alive in Christ. Don't take that experience for granted. Share with others what that means, that you were lost in sin, condemned and doomed to hell, and yet now because of what Christ has done for you, eternal life is yours. You are the perfect ambassador for Christ. There's a lot of dead, dry, thirsty rocks out there in the world, aren't there? A lot of hearts that are turned away from God. Let me tell you a story about a woman I met earlier this year. She was in her ninth stint in rehab, and she just recently lost two of her children to Child Protective Services. She had totally bottomed out, was just released from a sober home, and she just wanted to get to a church. Happened to be that Emmanuel was the closest church nearby, and so she came in, And I asked her if she wanted to start a Bible study that week, and she did. So she came, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, she came. And that fourth week, she came in, and I could just tell she was so excited. And she said to me, Pastor, did you know that all I have to do is believe in Jesus, and all my sins are gone? Water for a dry and thirsty heart. You know hearts like that out there. You know dead, dry rocks out there who need to hear this gospel message, who need to hear that their sins are forgiven in Christ Jesus. So search your life. Search your heart. Who is it? Who are those thirsty, dying souls that you, who are no longer this dead rock, you who have rivers of living water pouring forth, who can you share this gospel message with? Share this life-giving waters with others. Last week in a chapel down at Emmanuel for our high school, we were talking about Psalm 23, you know, the Good Shepherd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me beside the still waters. Or he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. God gives you those still waters at times in your life. He gives you what you need. But it's more than that. 
And David goes on, later on saying, he anoints my head with oil, my cup runs over. Your heart is like a cup. And you come to church every Sunday to fill that cup up with the love of Christ. Because God has more love, more grace than you could ever possibly need or want. So much love, in fact, that it now pours over into your lives. And the people around you who see you every day, they know there's something different about you. They know that you have something in your heart that is not a dead stone, but who lives for Christ. Water in, water out. That's the story of the Christian. We are by nature stones, and yet Christ has poured his life-giving water into our hearts. And so as you have so received this water today, dear Christian friend, as you have remembered and learned about the love that Christ has for you, share that water with others. Give it as you have been given. Until that great day when the Lord tells us from Revelation 21, as we go to everlasting life in heaven, there Jesus told John, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, and I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. May Jesus come quickly and fulfill that great promise that he's made to us. In his strong and saving name, amen.